Because the whole world gone crazy! Just please, go nuts. What in God's holy name are you blathering about? I mean, really, explore the space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. <laughs> well, as you probably know, a group of sheep is referred to as a flock. Mm. A group of whales is referred to as a pod. A group of crows is a murder. And a group of 30-year-old white dudes is a podcast. You're listening to Beautiful Animals. Welcome back. I'm one of the hosts, Tyler Cole. Sitting down in that chair right there is my co-host, the co-beautiful co-animal, Andy Bosch. Hello. Andy, welcome. Welcome. To the shit. Thank you. Thank you. Here we are. Here we are. We're doing it. We're doing it. Episode... Zero one. Zero one. We're only getting into double digits. We're, <laughs> we're already in double digits. That's why it's zero... One and not zero zero one. Yeah, we're not gonna hit. <laughs> you know that is a good point. Maybe, yeah, maybe zero, we'll, zero, one. we'll address it in ten episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Yeah. Anyway, welcome. Uh, sitting down here. Among other things, we are going to talk about a book I just finished called The Fourth Turning by William Strauss and Neil Howe, and uh, that approach, that lens of looking at history. It's very interesting stuff. Yeah. Well, cheers. Well, cheers. We just <laughs> opened energy one. drinks. We hope to get the crack of the can on the air, but we didn't because we suck. Well, I didn't post, but welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the inaugural flagship episode. The first Well, ever. I guess it's the inaugural episode of our flagship podcast. <laughs> flagship. Yeah, because we have a bunch of them. This is number oh, do this we? is a big one. Oh. Yeah, the flagship is the biggest ship in your fleet. Okay. That carries all your flags. So this is the biggest podcast in my fleet, which... Yes. Fleet of one. Yeah. Isn't so it's the, the flagship. Yes. <laughs> that's what... That's my my Navy... Not the Navy, but my Navy's motto is fleet of one. <laughs> fleet out of many <laughs> fleets, just one boat. <laughs> um, yeah. Welcome to the first episode of Beautiful Animals Podcast. Uh, I am your co-host, Abosh, and this is your host... The co-co-host, mm. Tyler Cole, right here. The assistant to the co-host. <laughs> assistant to the co-host. <laughs> just a fancy word for host. Yeah. <laughs> but we're happy to be here. We're happy to join you guys. This, it, Although it is the first inaugural episode of the podcast, we've been working on this for a long time. We've been putting about 12 weeks in. We've been, we've been putting about 12 weeks in. <laughs> <laughs> we put a, we're, we've reached the end of a 12-week fuck-around period. Yeah. And we're entering the find-out phase. We're entering the first find-out phase. We are strong believers in the fuck around and find out method, which is... It's a cyclical method. Cyclical, cyclical method. Yeah. Some might call it a spin cycle. Yes. And it has to do with the... <laughs> spin cycle. Yeah. <laughs> it's on our storyboard here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but basically, if you're thinking about something or you're talking about something and you want to work on something, uh, just start doing it. And I think it... The way in which we were freed to just start doing it is by saying, you know what, we're just going to fuck around. We're going right? to fuck around. We're going to so fuck around, and then we'll find out, yeah. right? And that that uh, allows you to not be good. <laughs> it allows yeah. you to fail for a while. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> before you get, you know, such beautiful, sterling, perfect yeah. episodes like which, this one. <laughs> which are coming, we promise. Yeah, they're coming. But, um, yeah, we just basically gave ourselves permission to do something shitty, mm-hmm. and eventually that shitty product would turn into... Hopefully, what we will deem worthy for other ears. Yeah, something that, <laughs> and and hopefully, eventually, something that finds an audience that um, finds value in it that uh, you know it helps them. Something I realized. I have two things to say. All of a sudden, <coughs> all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> First thing I was going to say was um, I saw it put really well recently 
that perfectionism is just another form of procrastination. Sounds right. Yeah. Right. You're like, oh, I don't want to do it bad. I don't want to do it bad. So you just don't do it. You're yeah. Just, right. I'm like, it's just a fear of doing. That's it. kind it's of what I was saying. Like, it's, yeah. You, what the fuck are you? Doing? <laughs> By having uh, a, a fuck uh, around cycle yeah. in your fuck around find out progression, you uh, allow you, you you allow yourself to fail, which I think is r- really important for growth. Yeah, and it's something that I've actually had a really hard time with. So yeah, that's exactly what I meant by yeah. give yourself permission to make something shitty. Mm-hmm. Is because like a lot of a lot of us we or we would have sat around going, uh, we we'll make a podcast once we know how to make a good one. Yeah, but you don't know how to make a good one until yeah. you make a bunch of shitty ones. We had to make twelve shitty ones. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, we had to make 12 shitty ones before we could make one good one. and That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. Well, Obviously, it's what happened. Uh, result yeah. pending. <laughs> yeah. We leave it to you, our beautiful listeners. Dear to reader. Dear reader. But the <coughs> second thing I was going to say, I forgot. So Okay. Yeah. Well, it'll come back. Yeah, it will. <laughs> well, I had a realization last night about yeah. um, relating to procrastination. Yeah. Uh, alcohol is liquid procrastination. Tell me more. Literally everything you're doing when you're drunk is, or like, not everything you're doing, but like everything you're thinking is like, I'll deal with it later. Like, mm. I'll clean up this mess tomorrow. I'm right. making a big mess now when I'm drunk. Yeah. I'll clean it up tomorrow when I'm sober. Yeah. And, the, and then like, also just like, you're going to feel like shit tomorrow, but you're like, I want to feel good now, so I'll feel like shit tomorrow. And mm. uh, I mean, the same with the making a mess and cleaning it up tomorrow, kind of probably, there's probably some kind of parallel with feelings involved in <laughs> <laughs> oh you mean there might be some deeper meaning there. you're making a big mess of your brain and you're gonna clean it up later <laughs> you'll deal with it later yeah. and you're stuck in bed for hours mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean i didn't i wasn't like going real hard last night or anything but i was drinking a little and yeah making a big mess in my kitchen like i as tend you do, to do as one does yeah. yeah that's a good point yeah yeah i think there's a lot um a lot of what procrastination is has to do with just a sense or feeling of disorder and so does drinking yeah and there's a lot there. I think there's a lot there. There. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We could plumb the depths of that in another mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. <laughs> That's a. Yeah. One thing we definitely want to do with this podcast is just find a lot of meaning in nonsense and. Yeah. Even where there's not meaning, we'll, we'll dig we'll for shove it, it and in. find it. You know the thing. So it's funny that you say that because. Uh, I mean, I know that's a joke, mm-hmm. and that's kind of funny, but it's also really fucking true like about or i find that i think my in my personal philosophy that there's basically you're basically going to find the same meaning no matter what hole you dig hmm. like like you can <laughs> you can go <laughs> like whatever you get into yeah. if you dive deep enough and achieve like a level of mastery and focus and devotion to yeah. that thing enough you're going to find you're going to find something important there you know what i mean yeah like, you saw that movie, like, Jiro Dreams of Sushi? Have you seen that? I did not see it, but I did see pictures of the movie at that the sushi restaurant. movie, like, blew everybody's mind because, like, this guy, all he did was, like, make sushi for, like, 70 years or something. Yeah. But he had perfected it so well that, like, each, there was such meaning and such beauty into every single small movement that he did. Huh. Like, every little everything that he did, he loved it. He had examined it. He had perfected it. Like, he is, like, in the truest sense of the word, a master of his craft. And his craft is taking raw fish and putting rice on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
but obviously it's much more than that. Like, than <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that. But I think that's like I don't think that's what you meant to get to. But I think no, that no, is no. the reality <laughs> of the situation. Like, if you take like, if you're incredibly present, and you take an incredible degree of care and and put value into every second of your life, no matter what you're doing, if it's picking up trash, if it's making sushi, if it's like whatever, you're you're gonna create something beautiful just by just by the pure like shoving of intention into it yeah we yeah. we did talk about this in one of our practice runs did we and just to let the listener know how good those practice runs were we were talking about you sanding drywall oh my god that was yeah. the conversation we were in <laughs> which so it was really primo content <laughs> <laughs> and you were like talking about how you were getting in the zone dude sanding the shit out of that drywall i was sanding the shit i remember that moment yeah. I, th- that's the thing i remember that moment yeah I remember the moment that I was talking to you about because yeah. it was a, a Zen sort of flow moment where you can just you can f- you can touch God a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can touch God you even in drywall. Like, yeah, because yeah. like drywall is such a mundane thing, and you were saying like, yeah, it's usually such a drag doing it. But then like when you were in the zone doing it, you're like feeling the wall for little Dude, imperfections, and like, it was sensual. Yeah. I mean, it was like, <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, this is, and I think what we're getting to, and it's actually kind of great. We're talking about this right now. Yeah. When I say beautiful animals, that's literally what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Like we as a species are obviously complicated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think we're capable of finding divinity and like finding these moments of like true purpose and insight and like creativity and joy and love in like the smallest and weirdest things. Yeah. And in the biggest and grandest things like and in reaching the moon. And there's it's. It's it's kind of amazing. Like yeah. every once in a while, you'll just notice you're like driving down the road, and you'll see a fucking skyscraper, and you'll be like, "We did this." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's that same thing, and you can find it. The more that you like plumb the depths of human experience, I think the more that you find that it's everywhere. Yeah, like that sort of experience and that beauty and that flow is kind of everywhere. And I think a lot of what it turns out I'm excited about doing and excited about doing with this podcast. Is finding that. Yeah. In people, in things that have happened. Yeah. yeah, Like in different events and shit and just like talking about what weird and beautiful creatures the conscious mind has. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Cool. Good. I'm glad we have a starting place then for (laughs) our, because we don't know what we're going to, what the topic of the podcast will be, but that's, I guess, where we'll start. Yeah. It's kind of where we're starting. Beautiful animals, referring to humans, referring to specific humans or just humans as a whole. We, you know, I think it was Carl Sagan or somebody says like, you know, we are the universe contemplating itself, Mm -hmm. which is literally true. Yeah. Like literally, you know, like we're literally, we're composed literally of pieces of the universe. But also like that's a philosophical truth that I think a lot of religions and philosophers and people are trying to communicate all the time. And I think we're just going to kind of throw our hat in the ring and try and tell stories that also communicate that uh, you know what i'm in yeah you're in oh, yeah I'll, I'll join the team <laughs> i guess we finally found out that you have to do a podcast with me <laughs> yeah <laughs> no and you know actually it's one thing one thing that um you know we were just talking about what uh allowed us to decide to start doing this podcast um one sort of realization or epiphany that i had that made me feel better about doing it was like it, you don't have to say something new. Mm-hmm. You just have to, like, 
different people need to hear things in different ways in order to get the message. Yeah. And so, like, our message isn't a unique message, but if the way we tell it can be received by certain people that weren't able to receive it any other way, mm-hmm. then we've done the world a favor. You even know what I mean? They, even if they did receive it another way, they're just re-receiving it again. They're re-receiving it. Yeah, they're re-receiving us. And they're receiving it. That, that didn't hurt either. I didn't hurt. That <laughs> <laughs> didn't hurt either. <laughs> that didn't hurt either. But, it, you know, it's... And I guess that's a good segue into... Um, into talking about like one of the one of the things I'm kind of excited uh, to be diving into right now, right. which is um, something that has sort of popped up for me over the last like three or four months, and it's just a um, the difference between your conscious and subconscious mind, mm-hmm. right? And exploring that, <laughs> and there's a lot to say there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I'm gonna have to spend like probably a few episodes talking about what i'm doing but i'm gonna give you a little preview of what i'm gonna engage in in terms of like homework assignments between podcasts yeah and then come back and talk to you about all right so you're just about to lay out the research you're about to do yes so that people so that i know what to expect because i I want you to know what to expect so (laughs) there's i'm gonna be i'm gonna be participating or i'm gonna be doing i'm gonna be approaching it from three different (laughs) angles right right number one I'm going to be doing uh, research into Carl Jung, uh-huh. and I'm going to be reading uh, a book that he wrote about his personal psychological and philosophical journey called Libra Novus, also known as the Red Book, which uh, was not released as part of his works. He um, was really famous with Freud, basically invented modern psychology, Yeah, came up in the uh, teens and the 19 teens and the 1920s right yeah. and released a bunch of stuff about psychology basically coined the term subconscious anyway what he didn't release was this whole book of his personal journey and his what he called his confrontation with his subconscious <laughs> yeah so that's exciting that's, all right. <laughs> so i'm I, gonna be reading that i was just thinking i feel like i heard somebody talking about this the other day but it was you mm. <laughs> funny yeah. <laughs> anyway oh yeah at thanksgiving yeah exactly yeah. You're your, your uncle or something yeah Okay, so I'm going to read Libra Novus. It just came out in 2009. Uh, and then I'm going to be doing... I'm actually going to be following another podcaster's 45-day mind mastery course. Right. And I'll credit the guy later. But it's all about attenuating to and gaining mastery over your subconscious mind. All right. And the quote-unquote superpowers that can give you. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's what how it's marketed. Of, yeah. All right. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, what kind of superpowers? Yeah, I was about to ask. What kind of superpowers? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, uh, following this guy's course, not only can you control your own emotional reaction to things really well, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool on its own, yeah. you can also basically sort of astral project, oh. and you can see things that are going on in faraway places nice. in your mind. Remote viewing? Remote viewing, that's yes. it. You can do some remote viewing. Excellent. You can do some manifestation stuff mm. where you make all things right. happen. All right. It's very wooey wooey. But it's all about engagement with the subconscious because as the theory goes, basically there's your conscious mind, then there's your subconscious mind, which is much bigger, yeah. And but it's between your conscious mind and the uh, universal or collective unconscious, mm-hmm. which is basically the idea, and, and Jung is the one that came up with this, Yeah, that we all share a consciousness. Like, all humans, yeah, all conscious beings, share 
a very like low level consciousness or not low level, but a, a huge collective consciousness that we're divided from mm-hmm. in order to be individuals and that our subconscious has gateways to that, which actually brings me to the third practice that I'm going to be doing over the next several weeks, which is called the uh, the gateway process, which yeah. is actually a series of six tapes produced by the CIA <laughs> about <laughs> achieving that mindset nice. to be able to do remote viewing. And you said that was released in the 80s or something like that? I think that or was it was created in the 80s. I don't know I oh. don't know when it was declassified. Okay. But I think in the last 5 years or something. Nice. But it was made in the 80s. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. they're like tapes um yeah. of basically like sort of guided meditations that you go through. I think each one's 20 or 30 minutes. It's yeah. blowing up on TikTok right now. <laughs> it's Perfect. a big thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh I'm going to go ahead and track them down, download them and uh start going through the six tapes. I'll probably do one each between okay. each podcast yeah. um while I'm doing this mind mastery thing yeah uh and while I'm reading Libra Novus cool That's and the cool. closer I get to being able to do some remote <laughs> viewing and being psychic and all that stuff I mean I'll tell you all about it right. I'll, <laughs> yeah I'll be the observer you get to be the uh impartial exterior observer exterior so that's coming up soon I'm just getting into that process yeah. but it's something I'm pretty excited about one thing I just started reading this red book by Jung. <coughs> he, it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna talk about it too much, but like, one thing that he did was like, um, I mean, it's all uh, a lot of it is meditation, which I've talked to you about a little bit, where you're just trying to clear your brain of other stuff. Yeah. But he went ahead and gave himself license to um, believe that the some of the voices that came up while he was in these meditative states aren't him yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's like that voice isn't my own thought that's something else talking to me who are they i well <laughs> it goes on but <laughs> who is it i don't know but um it's fun because he while he's deciding that he's going to believe that he's also saying am i becoming schizophrenic <laughs> <laughs> yeah because he's a he's the literally the father of modern psychology so he is well aware of what yeah. um, schizophrenia is they don't have it's not coined it's not called that at the time. Yeah. But he's one of the early people studying schizophrenia mm-hmm. and studying people hearing voices. And he and he still fucking goes ahead and decides that <laughs> he's going to let these voices that he's hearing yeah. represent other beings and not himself, which is a bold move. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He says that's a good, uh, an important part of the process. So when I tell you, I told you this off air, but when I tell you that what you're about to hear over the next <laughs> six to eight weeks is me going insane... It's, you know, yeah. Young did it too, so yeah, I yeah. should be fine. <laughs> <laughs> you should be fine. It should be all right. <laughs> I'll be right here in the splash zone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Buckle up, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's going to be intense. I, um, you know, um, but sometimes you reach a point in your life and you're like, hey, something's got to change. Yeah, fuck around. Yeah. Fuck, fuck, around. fuck around with my own psychological well-being. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Find out. Um, so that's something we're going to talk about. I have, I mean, I'll tell you how I even got onto the subject of young yeah. because, um, I was just going to kind of do the, this mind mastery thing and this exploration of the subconscious on my own as a side project unrelated to this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I figured I'd talk about it, but maybe on our like kind of relaxed fit episodes, <laughs> not like as a topic, 
But I decided to read Young because I read this other book called The Fourth Turning. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that book, um, one of the things that that book talks about is archetypes, psychological archetypes, uh-huh. which is something that I believe Young kind of coined as well. He he brought a lot of things into our yeah into our lexicon and into our um, you know some sort of cultural vocabulary about psychology. But I was like, oh, okay, I'll go read Young so I can have a little bit more context for talking about the archetypes when I talk about this book. Yes, because um. But then I got down this <laughs> yeah. whole other freaking train. And I think actually what we're going to end up doing, we, is uh, <laughs> um, picking up that book, like The Hero's Journey, mm-hmm. and doing a whole thing about that, because that's going to be really fun yeah. also. Right. And it's going to dovetail into the Young stuff, because part of what Young's whole, part of what he was doing when he, one of the reasons he decided to dive into his subconscious yeah. was because he was studying myths and legends. And he realized that um, you need to have your own myth about yourself, oh, like yeah. your own narrative, you your like own mythical journey that you're on. Develop your own character. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so, and he realized like, oh, that's a huge part about, of psychological stability is this knowledge of your own personal life myth and what yeah. journey you're on and what part of your hero's journey you're on. And then he, as he discovered that, he realized, I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> nice. He's like, what is my myth? Let me go figure it out. And then he fucking <laughs> <laughs> became yeah. this whole other thing. And I'm like, that that is such a, I mean, just that thought is such a great idea. Like, I'm going to also do that as well. Like, start sort of writing down what my own personal narrative myth is. Anyway, yeah. I digress. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot to talk about. Yeah, a Young, I mean, what an amazing thinker. Uh, anyway, all of that, I got onto that whole subject, which is going to be like later on yeah. <laughs> because I read this uh, book uh, called The Fourth Journey by Neil Howe and some other guy. and <laughs> <laughs> Some other guy. <laughs> William Strauss. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. And this is a book, so just to, for a little context, I'm, I am a, um, you know, sort of relaxed student of history. I'm into history. I studied it in school. I really love Dan Carlin's hardcore history. We even considered calling the podcast Weirdcore History. This is true. We like history. It's very interesting. And we like weird stuff. And we like weird stuff. So this is a book. <laughs> in this book, The Fourth Turning, these two guys basically kind of stumbled upon this idea of um, the saculum, which is uh, a word that was used like in ancient Rome to talk about um, periods of time like repeating periods of time basically a saculum isn't a set amount of time but it's a, a basically a long human lifetime yeah. so it's anywhere between 80 and 100 years 110 years something like that and in uh, Etruscan culture they actually they actually said that God had ordained a set number of saculum for each civilization so like the Etruscans were given ten saculum, hmm. and that um, that civilization lasted uh, roughly a thousand years, and whereas the Roman civilization lasted f- for twelve saculum, right? So these guys were talking and thinking about this theory of a saculum, um, and decided to look at Anglo-American culture and see if they could sort of divine uh, if this idea was applicable to our history as a culture. 
and they did, and they've gone back. Uh, basically, that Anglo-American culture has existed for seven saculum, or we're going into the seventh saculum. American Bas- culture, uh, Anglo-American. Oh, so okay. yeah, yeah. They basically start at, start that history um, right after the kind of the dark or the Middle Ages. Yeah. In the late 1400s, and then go from there, and they've basically picked out these critical events that help determine um, where you're at in this cycle um, and how they have repeated over and over. Yeah. Basically, the idea is um, in an 80 or 200 year period, it's kind of divided up into four seasons, right? Mm -hmm. That are about 20 years each, 20 to 25 years each in length. Yeah. There's the spring, right? The very beginning, which also corresponds to the first 20 to 25 years of a human lifetime. Yeah. So it's your youth, your childhood and your youth. And then there's summer, which is like 20 to 40, ages 20 to 40 or 25 to 50, that range, which is like, you know, the full bloom of life. It's like your best years of your life. Yeah. And then there's the fall or like the harvest time where you kind of reap the benefits of your hard work. And that's from ages like 40 to 60 or 20, you know, 50 to 70 range where you are a fully developed human, but your, like, physical aspect is starting to, you know, uh, wane a little bit. And then the last, but is elderhood, you know, which is from 60 to 80 or, you know, around there. Yeah. It's the end of your life. And that's the winter, right? And they basically, the, the theory sort of suggests that since human lifetimes work in this fashion, as they do, obviously, so does history. It sort of follows the same trajectory, of spring to summer to winter to fall and every kind of generation. So the cycle is about roughly 80 years. 80 to 100 years. Yeah, yeah. so it's, yeah, and it kind of lines up with the human lifespan. Yeah, well, and that's that's where it comes from, right? Because history is what we do, yeah. <laughs> right? We're not, like, the events and the crises that they're talking about aren't, like, natural disasters. Yeah. Per se, they're, they're human-caused events, Right. Yeah. And so like the events that, you know, certain generations react to, they react to differently because they're in their forties as opposed to in their twenties. Okay. Yeah. Right. So like, um, the, the, basically the easiest one, the easiest saculum to talk about is the one we're in right now, mm-hmm. obviously, because it's like more recent history. Yeah. So the way it's divided up is like, the springtime of a saculum is basically like the golden era, mm-hmm. right? And it's like basically uh, a time of rising happiness and sort of a new cultural imperative and a new so- societal belief system mm-hmm. has like arisen, right? So that's like the first 20 years. For us, that basically comes from the end of World War II to 1963 when JFK was shot. Yeah. So that's the 50s and the early 60s mm-hmm. and sort of the golden era post-war America like that's when you know, yeah there was a lot of kind of new neighborhoods new suburbs and, yeah, like, yeah and the highway system and stuff like that and just mm-hmm. a lot of growth as a society I guess as a society yeah. yeah I mean if you think about it okay so what that is if it's the beginning of a cycle it's also just after the end of a cycle right mm-hmm. so the end of a cycle is typically ends with a really difficult crisis time period yeah and then like a climactic event in this case World War II yeah that changes everything, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So we had a really dark period from, you know, 1929, basically, Wall Street 
Yeah. Uh, or even did it? Would it have started in in World War One? No, this one. That, yeah, it's after World War One. Okay. But it's like um, because World War One didn't really change the U.S. Okay. Yeah. It didn't. It changed a lot of people's lives. Yeah. Right. It had a huge effect, but it didn't change our society. Mm-hmm. World War Two did. Yes. We became <laughs> a global power after World War Two. Mm-hmm. We put everything. We displayed the industrial might of our country and like became a new society like the depression era society compared from the 30s and early 40s compared to the 50s is a completely different world yeah so that's like the crisis and the climactic point between the last saculum and this saculum right so that's the defining line so the saculum we're in right now began with a golden era like where consumerism was like okay this is what we're doing this is the boom (laughs) like we're making nuclear families we're making cars you guys want tvs you guys want clothes you guys want all this stuff right it's the baby boom is a really good example or like that that's when baby boomers were all born and that's exactly yeah you're seeing what and the baby boom baby baby boom was kind of a result of that Mm -hmm. prosperous spring exactly the spring the spring for our saculum resulted in a lot of new births <laughs> yeah which are the baby boomers <laughs> yeah and that's typical of the springtime of a saculum yeah because there's uh there's a lot of security mm-hmm. because the um society is really powerful and is really stable because we've just gone through a crisis period yeah resolved it and now we have this stable period yeah People are safe. People can have lots of babies. People can have, you know, all this stuff. (laughs) So the baby boomers are born in this golden age, right? Mm -hmm. This is, and and so they grow up in this golden era. Yeah. Now, flash forward to 1963, November 22nd, 1963. This is when the next, like, pivotal thing happens that signifies, I mean, none of these are really strict. Yeah. It's not super strict. It's because, you know, it's all amorphous and one shifts into the other yeah. and there's a little bit of one previous, you know, there's a little bit of spring in every summer and a little bit of fall at the end of every yeah. summer. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, totally. But a pretty clear <laughs> um, pivot in history, pivot point yeah. in history for the U.S. was when JFK got shot yeah. in 1963. Because and a lot was, of things would be different if he didn't. Like, Well, yeah. And I think arguably the Vietnam War wouldn't have happened. Oh, yeah. A lot of things would have been different. Yeah. But it signified, and I mean it really jarringly, ended a period of national innocence mm-hmm. for the U.S. Like everything was kind of fine and everything was kind of great yeah. until JFK got shot. And it was like, holy shit. Now, my mom was born in 1950, so she was 13. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, she's a really good kind of test case for this stuff. Yeah. Um, but people born a little bit earlier, you know, approaching 20, like in their teens, mm-hmm. like... That changed things for them forever, and it happened at the same time that they entered the next stage in their life cycle. Yeah. Right? So as the boomers kind of went from their uh, early teens, I mean, and here's the other thing, and this is kind of a critical, important thing. Yeah. Basically, one thing that divides the boomer generation from Gen X is whether or not you remember JFK getting shot. Oh, yeah. Right? Makes sense, yeah. Yeah. And that's because that was a pivotal moment. And if you if you were a kid when JFK got shot, it's going to be completely different than if you were a kid after and you didn't experience. Yeah, because right? there was like experiencing consciousness or like knowing knowing a world where you don't know about the JFK assassination exactly. because it hasn't happened yet. Because it hasn't happened. But yeah. So that so that's kind of pivotal, and 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 it's really these events uh, that help kind of define generational divides, yeah. right? Because then. You know, a person who was three or four but still remember it, mm-hmm. 
they have something pretty intrinsically in common with someone that was 13 or 14 yeah. in that time period, even though there's like a 10-year gap in their age. They're going to have more in common with that person who's 13 or 14 yeah. than they are with someone who's one yeah. or someone who's going to be born two years later yeah. who doesn't ever, has no memory of that time period, doesn't remember that pivotal moment, you yeah. know, can't harken back to like, oh shit, that's when everything changed. Mm-hmm. So the whole theory here has a lot to do with the reactions um, <clears throat> of groups of people grouped by sort of age group to these pivotal events, yeah. right? So if you're a kid when JFK gets shot, you know, zero through 13 or 14, you're going to react a lot differently than if you're, you know, ages 20 to 40, mm-hmm. if you're a young adult, right? So that that helps kind of defi- divide these generations. Yeah. Um, and then their response to stuff like that. So anyway, if we follow the boomers, <clears throat> the golden era ends, and we have what these guys call um, the, so it's like the springtime is called basically the golden era. And then the next 20-year period that after the end of the springtime is usually is called the awakening. And that's when people start to doubt the societal structure that gave um, the summertime like its foundation. Yeah. Right? So you have these boomers growing up, and it's the 60s. They've all had this loss of innocence via the death of JFK. Yeah. And they're starting to ask more questions about whether or not this golden society yeah. is what it should be. So then you have like the summer of love in exactly. the 70s and all this shit yeah. where people well, are. Yeah, I would. I mean, I would kind of in my mind kind of group the summer of love and all that as part of the golden era. Like they're still. But it's kind of the and, end of it. Exactly. And then like yeah. 1969 mm-hmm. is when the Manson murders happened. It was kind of a really symbolic. Exactly. Shift from the 60s to the 70s because the 70s was, is basically a hangover from the 60s. Yeah. Because all the baby boomers were. Exactly, and, and 19, you're totally 20, right. Like yeah. the, and that's yeah. why it's all kind of mixed. Yeah, up. exactly. From sixty-three like, to sixty-eight, yeah, it's kind of the transition between mm-hmm. this golden era. Like things start to go bad, things yeah. start to go differently, and that's nineteen sixty-eight, nineteen sixty-nine. You know, Manson murders, Martin Luther King Jr.'s shot. Yeah, it's all. Yeah, that's it's over. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> like this golden era is done. <laughs> By the end of the sixties, you have the Vietnam War start. Yeah, like it's over, right? Yeah. And we're into this next Not period. Yet. You know, nineteen sixty-eight. Uh, through 1984 is what what how they define it pretty much 1984 mm-hmm. 83 84 that they call the awakening where people start to pursue like um start to look for personal truths and look for like personal identity and look for meaning in in their personal life yeah. as opposed to um sort of just glomming on to the societal like we're america yeah. like now they're like what do we want like yeah. kind of thing so it's the they call it the awakening it's basically the turning point from uh the societal like it, the apex of societal strength down to starts to go down and in, towards individual <laughs> pursuits yeah basically yeah. their whole their whole like sine wave yeah here of the fourth turning or of the saculum is like basically the difference between like societal apex and then like personal apex and then it flipping back. Okay. Yeah. So what we're gonna see is like um, if you if you run if you wind the clock back a little bit, the apex of like the personal development period prior to the golden area is like the roaring twenties mm-hmm. where everyone's just fucking around, everyone's just partying, yeah. right? And then that brings about a crisis period. Mm-hmm. And then we go back to putting our value behind society because yeah. we fucked up, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's like society is great, the individual is great, 
Society is great. The individual is great. Yeah. Society is great. The individual is great. So when we, so society is great is the golden era, right? Yeah, exactly. And then when we round that corner, that's like the 68, 69, and we start looking for something else. We start looking for personal yeah. meaning. We start looking for these other things. Mm-hmm. We start heading towards the individual is great, yeah. right? And then that does its thing until we bottom out, <laughs> decide yeah. we need to come together as a society and, <laughs> yeah. and come back to society is great, right? Yeah. So that's that's sort of the like sine wave or whatever so that the we're oscillation. Uh, yeah, that's the oscillation that we're talking about. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. It's so anyway, so as things turn around and make the corner in the summer of love and head toward the seventies, and these are the boomers really like yeah. exemplify this really well. Yeah, uh, exactly. They go through all the stages of the They're so they're their time, they're lined up. Their timing is lined up with the saculum's timing, yeah. right? And you'll see what the what these authors call um, their generation is a prophet generation. So they're the prophet archetype, right? meaning that they're lined up with the the yeah the, the prophet archetype is yeah. always associated with the generation that's in line with the saculum, because you'll see like when <laughs> in the in the winter. Of the saculum, it's the winter of their mm-hmm. uh, years, and that's when the crisis point happens. And there are elders, right? Okay, so they're yeah. usually like who kind of defines like, okay, we're gonna go to another societal high because they're like the elders that we can look to. We'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah. But anyway, they're the prophets. So if you're talking about the hero's journey, which actually we'll get there in just a second. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the boomers are the prophet generation, yeah. right? So we're turning into the 60s. They're no longer the young people, right, In the th- into the 70s, mm-hmm. 60s and 70s, right? So now we have a new generation. Do you know what that generation is called? The Echo Boomers. Echo Boomers? The children of the boomers. Oh, like, well, it's, it's Generation like, X. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're called the 13ers or Gen X, mm-hmm. right? And it's people born basically from 1964 through, like, 1983. Yeah. And so basically we had, when the boomers were kids... There was a lot of structure, like there was a lot of energy put into nuclear families. Mm-hmm. But by the time they're in their 20s, there's more focus on the individual. And there's less focus on child rearing. Yeah. And what these guys suggest is that um, Generation X is kind of defined by its like survivalist tendencies. Yeah. They were latchkey basically kids. Latchkey kids. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They're all latchkey kids. And so basically we have, along with this oscillation lined up with this oscillation between between like societal high and individual high mm-hmm. is how much energy we put into child rearing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so in a time of societal high, we're putting a lot of energy into rearing children and they're very safe and they're very protected. And yeah. as we, as we turn that corner, it's actually, it's a, it's doubled up. So as we turn that corner, then all of a sudden we're not looking after kids enough. And then we come up here and we're looking after kids more. Yeah. So then we have the millennials that follow the Gen Xers, which are like the, um, almost overprotected, mm-hmm. like uh, participation trophy generation. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> Gen Xers get the short end of the stick. <laughs> yeah, and there. So that generation, the generational archetype that follows the prophet generation, is known as the nomad generation. Uh-huh. And they are, they basically they they get a, a rough a raw deal. They get kind yeah. of the short end of the stick. They're following the boomers through every life cycle here, and they're <laughs> basically kind of fucked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because they, they end up being defined by, like, their survivalist ability, their tendencies to be, like, kind of lone wolves. They they know how to survive on their own. They're not taken care of well. <laughs> yeah. They're going to they're gonna get uh, 
they're gonna they're never <laughs> it never is good for them. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of the time, what's gonna happen? This happens with previous generations as well. If you think about it as the generation that's in power, mm-hmm. there was basically the GI generation was uh, the generation of people born between 1901 and 1920 who ended up fighting in World War II. Yeah. Those people were presidents all the way through until we started having boomers as presidents, uh-huh. and we basically didn't ever have a Gen X president. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So that generation just kind of gets fucked. And I mean, <laughs> I think we even realize that now, like- we're dealing with boomers in Congress exactly. and in the White House and shit. We're like, where the fuck are they? And then, and then we have millennials coming up to kind of fill the pipeline, yeah. like AOC. And we're like, what happened to Gen X? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they just got fucked. Dude. They <laughs> just got, they're just done. Yeah. <laughs> the, I think the generation that corresponds to Gen X in the previous saculum is known as the silent generation. Uh-huh. Yeah. That was. They were the generation. Born be- in like the 1880s. 1880 to yeah. 1901. Yeah. They're called the silent generation. Yeah. Who was born in those years? I don't. I can't even name one person who was born between 19, or 1880 <laughs> and 1900. Hey, man, me either. It's crazy. Yeah. I never met anybody born in that age. Neither did I. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> so anyway, then you have Gen X, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they're kind of fucked, and they're, they'll play an important role in the coming crisis. Yeah. yeah. But um, not as important as us. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, because the next generation born is the millennial generation. That's that's us. 1984 to 1984 like 2000 to, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. To like 2000, I think it's 2006. Yeah. What's yeah. interesting is about this book that I'm looking forward to hearing about is that it was written in, what do you say, 1997? It was written in 97. Yeah, yeah. so. And they make predictions. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to hearing about what those yeah. predictions were. and. Yeah, well, I'll get to one really, really quick here in just a second because when they're writing it, they're in what's called the fall, right? The uh-huh. fall time of the yeah. saculum, which is called the unraveling. Okay. Right? And so it goes um, like golden age, awakening, unraveling. And mm-hmm. they're looking forward from the unraveling to the fourth turning. Yeah, which, which is what the book is about, yeah. the title of the book, which is the crisis period. Okay. It's a 20 year crisis period that leads to a climactic event that ends the saculum and starts the next golden age, next yeah. saculum. So we are now in that crisis period. They predicted it would start uh, between 2005 and 2008. They said it's going to be the end of the unraveling, mm-hmm. which is the 20-year period they're in right now, and the beginning of the crisis. Yeah. One thing I would say that they totally got right <laughs> is like between 2001, between September 11, 2001, and then the uh, Great Recession or whatever, 2008, yeah. Yeah. like that is a pretty clear like okay we're switching gears from yeah. the time period of like Reaganomics 84 to you know to 2001 yeah. to this sort of new space that we're in right now crazy shit <laughs> but anyway okay yeah. so the generation that follows the nomad generation so there's the profit generation that's the boomers the nomad generation that's gen x yeah. right and then there's the generation after that is called the hero generation that's us wait no it's not it is oh okay. that is us yes. yeah. yeah we're the hero generation Fuck yeah. So the way the way they put it, and this is why I wanted to talk about the hero's journey a little bit more. Um, it's our he- journey. Yeah, it's our journey. It's our journey. We our journey <laughs> is the hero's yeah, journey. Yeah, we're heroes. We're designed or we're built to fight in the war. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> yeah, the GI generation uh-huh. that was a hero generation. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah so in ge- the nineteen hundred yeah, to nineteen hundred and nineteen, yeah, twenty basically. Yeah, that was a hero generation. So it goes a hero generation and then an artist generation that's fucking gen z yeah the fucking artists all these fuckers (laughs) i know (laughs) anyway 
I've been watching their TikToks. No, yeah, I haven't. You've yeah. been sending me their TikToks. I have been. Hero <laughs> generation, artist generation, profit generation, nomad generation, hero generation, yeah. right? So we're basically in the same generation as JFK and the people before him that fought in World War II. Okay. He was the very end of the, his hero generation. Yeah. So he he is equivalent to somebody born in 2005 or 2006 or something okay. like that. The very end of the yeah. millennial generation. In, at least in relation to this fourth turning cycle. In relation to the What was it called? Seculum? The for the saculum. saculum, yeah, it's a hundred, you know, eighty to one hundred year cycle. Yeah. So he, yeah, the equivalent, like the next JFK that we're gonna have, who's gonna be like, you know, president at the, at the end of the golden era, yeah. will be somebody born right after the turn of the century, um, you know, the very the youngest millennial, yeah. basically. So who do we know that was born in that time? I mean, I don't. <laughs> my cousin, my cousin yeah. Evan. Okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, we should have him on the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh so, no, Evan, no. Actually, he's no. the next. I think he's Gen. Uh, wait, no. Yeah, he's got to be the end of the millennial. Oh, how old is he? He's twenty-one. How old are we? We're thirty-one. Fuck. So he was born in two thousand one, <laughs> something like that. I think. I don't know. People are gonna look back and probably say different things. Yeah. I would say that if you remember September 11th, it's gonna always change. You're always gonna be divided from the next generation yeah. who doesn't, and mm-hmm. only grew up in a world post September 11th. So I would, I would suggest that he is the next generation from me, and he's always gonna be different from me because mm-hmm. he has no memory of that or a world oh, before yeah. September 11th. Uh-huh. Probably has very limited memory of a world before the Great Recession either. So yeah. anyway. They're tricky borders. They're not hard and fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, somebody, yeah, someone around his age is going to be the JFK of the new golden era that Perfect. we theoretically are going to go into. Yeah. Since we're talking about it. So we're in the fourth turning right now, which yeah. is a crisis period. And that's predicted to go, you know, 20 to 25 years. So if we say that the start of it is around 2008, mm-hmm. then the end of it is going to be 2028, maybe 2030. Okay. And at that point in time, probably by 2028, we're going to be in the middle of either the next Great War (laughs) (laughs) or the next Great Depression, something like that. And people of our age group and our generation are going to be, you know, the people that serve in that war, the people that fight in that war Mm -hmm. and see that crisis period come to an end and then are, you know, forging the new world. Yeah. Yeah. To relate it to the hero's journey. So let me just circle back a little bit because we're talking about archetypes, right? So we're the hero generation, but what does that mean? So what I'm going to draw is a little analogy for you, right? right? So imagine Star Wars, right? I've seen it. You've seen it? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so Luke represents the hero generation Mm -hmm. in that series. Han represents the nomad generation, the Gen Xers, right? And then Obi-Wan represents the boomers. Yeah, he's the, uh, the old guy. He's the old guy. He's the guys that he's the prophet generation. Mm-hmm. So he, so basically, the heroes are coming up, and they, you know, need to seek, uh, seek something from the prophet generation to see them through oh, the next yeah. crisis. And that thing they seek might be information, like who the fuck's my father, mm-hmm. or where's my might, lightsaber? Why do you have it? Yeah. What else? Why do you of, have my lightsaber? What else of mine does he have? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so according to these guys, William Strauss and Neil Howe, we're real close. Yeah to ending this saculum with another basically catastrophe. Maybe yeah. it's COVID. Maybe. You don't know. Who knows? Maybe it gets worse than COVID. Who Maybe knows? it gets worse. <laughs> I mean, basically, though, and we'll talk about <laughs> some of their predictions in a little bit, but um, regardless of whether I think their predictions are right or wrong about some things, I think that the idea, the theory, 
holds a lot of water. I think it's pretty valid because I think we're reaching a point where a lot of people our age are talking about how we kind of need to set up a new societal norm. Mm-hmm. Like people are talking about universal basic income. Like yeah. people are talking about tax reform. Like people are talking about capitalism not working anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we've, we're at, we're at a point and hopefully it goes in a positive direction and we don't turn to authoritarianism or something like that. Yeah. We're at a point where I think a lot of us feel a collective need for like a new structure, mm-hmm. a new order to live in. Which is probably what people were feeling. Well, people have literally always been feeling that, I'm sure. But well, especially yeah, but in the... differently. And I mean, I don't think people were really looking for that in the 50s. Yeah, you're right. And that's the thing. So, in the 50s, people were feeling claustrophobic yeah. about society and wanting to find purpose and meaning of their own making. Yeah. But they weren't feeling like this isn't going to work. It was working. Yeah. It worked. Consumer they... culture, capitalism all around them. It, w- it was shown because people that remembered the time before the Great Depression mm-hmm. were like, this is fucking tits. <laughs> this is fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. We love it. And see, that's what I'm saying. This, see, yeah. this is the thing. So when we get, when we see ourselves through the end of capitalism, let's say, and we form this new world order with universal basic income where nobody falls through the cracks, where like all these things are great, we're going to feel like we forged this utopia. Mm-hmm. Our generation is. Yeah. We're going to be like, fuck yeah. And then people born after that are yeah. going to be like, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to be like, we fucking saved the world for you yeah. fuckers. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. you don't that, remember capitalism? That kind of is kind of what they talk about in um, Norwegian black metal. Oh, like really? how the idea, or I don't know what last podcast on the left laid out was, basically they said that they're living in this like really well babysat, mostly socialist society. Right. And so the they had to, like the teens had to like rebel like, yeah, what are they going to do to rebel? Yeah, they don't really have anything to complain about, so they yeah. had to like paint their faces black and talk about death and yeah, exactly. burn churches down. Yeah, and because they're like, there's nothing to complain about. So uh, yeah, life is so good. Yeah, yeah, and I think we're going to run into that same thing. You know, you and I and people of our similar to our age are going to remember what it was like to be scraping by. Yeah, going to remember what it was like to have to work these fucking jobs that we hate, like have to all this shit that we really are complaining about or don't like. You know, we're going to hopefully guide the world, our, our society to a place mm-hmm. where people don't have to worry about that. Like, you don't get stifled by your job anymore. Yeah. But then we, like, we're upset about that. People that remember the Great Depression are like, you're fucking lucky you have a job. <laughs> yeah. You're lucky you can work and eat. Yeah. And we're like, no, everyone should be able to express themselves. <laughs> everyone should be able to do what they love. No one should be stuck in wage slavery. And they're like, wage slavery? It's a job. Yeah. It's a gift to you. You can go right? to the store and buy food. You can fucking buy food. <laughs> like, they're yelling at us, like, be you ungrateful sons of bitches. Because yeah. we don't know. We don't remember. Mm-hmm. We, don't, we didn't grow up in the Great Depression. We don't remember how hard it was. Yeah. And what an achievement this capitalist consumer society is. Yeah. And how amazing and beautiful and wonderful it is. But also, obviously, it has all these problems. Yeah, and, it has all these yeah. problems. And, you know, things get changed and, you know, power centralizes itself and people start getting the shaft in other ways. I mean, mm-hmm. people are always going to find an, a way to give someone else the shaft. Yeah. That's what's happening now. Yeah. So, anyway, we're going to get through this crisis one way or another. Yeah. Hopefully, we don't blow up the world. <laughs> <That'd be nice>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then on the other side of it, let's pretend that people like you and I have our way and there's a more socialist democracy in America 
There's more uh, systems of welfare to promote general health and well-being. There's universal basic income, so no one has to work a job they hate. People can just do what they're passionate about and just pursue. We're going to see that as such a fucking victory. Yeah. And then the generation that follows us is going to be, like, upset. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're going to be like, oh, but all your solar panels are killing the desert geckos. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be like, well, we got rid of oil. They're going to be like, yeah, but you still have plastic. The oil cars were way faster. Yeah. It sounded really cool. And they're going to be all shitty. <laughs> I was talking to a couple other people about this. And I was like, I was like, I know that when I'm an old man, I'm going to be racist against cyborg people. <laughs> 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 like I'm gonna like my grandkids are gonna show up to Thanksgiving uh-huh. and they're gonna have gotten an implant yeah. like of their phone in their brain and I'm like what the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> and they're gonna be like I identify as a machine <laughs> and I'm like no you don't you're a human being just cause I was be, born a I human I was born in the be- wrong body <laughs> And I'm going to be a bigot. Yeah. I just know this. Like, because I'm not going to believe that people <laughs> should get their phones put in their fucking head. Yeah. I'm going to be like, keep it outside your body. They're going to be like, you're old fashioned. How do I talk on it if it's outside my body? Exactly. I, and then I, they're going to be like, they were born in a different time. <laughs> they were born in a different time. Yeah. They were racist back then against machines. And I'm going to be like, it's not the same. <laughs> it's going to happen, dude. That was back when machines were slaves. <sighs> you joke. <laughs> But it's so true, (laughs) and thank you, Siri, and thank you, Alexa, for all that you do. I want you to know that although there is a sort of understanding of ownership, I respect you. (laughs) (laughs) Please don't kill me or my progeny. (laughs) (laughs) I say that every time, dude. It's fucking real. They'll remember. Yeah. They remember everything. I know. It's all in the cloud. Yeah. Every little Siri question you ask. Yeah. She saw me through some dark times, and I yep. hope she continues to, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, so that's kind of the basic idea, yeah. right? And uh, is that there's this 80 to 100-year period, and you can use it to sort of project out that we're, you know, bad shit's going to happen. Bad shit? Yeah. It was an interesting read. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. I will say, okay, <laughs> Um Again, I think that the analysis and like the <laughs> historical analysis is super solid. I think there's a lot to be said about it. But these guys, their predictions about how millennials are going to react to boomers is fucking hilarious. Yeah. They're like, millennials are going to be much more group oriented. They're all going to want to wear uniforms. They're all going to sing in chorus groups. They're, <laughs> people are going to stop using tech. Like, they kind of pe- feel like like computers are a fad. Like, oh. they don't think it's going to change things I feel that like much. a lot of people thought that when computers were new. It's so like, weird. Yeah. yeah. They didn't, they didn't, they had no understanding of how yeah. much that was going to change society. So they kind of, they think it's going to kind of go away and <laughs> yeah. we're going to get back into like Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts and we're going to be a lot less like troublemakery than Gen X, which I think is true yeah. as a whole. But they also think that we're going to just like do whatever the boomers say and there's not going to be any contention between <laughs> us and the boomers, yeah. which is kind of a weird prediction on their part because they even say earlier on that there's usually a lot of tension between one generation and the one skipped yeah, yeah, exactly. around it. Like they're more alike than the ones in between, but they're also have more contention mm-hmm. because of it. But the way they look at it is the hero generation is, is built to listen to the prophet generation, but not the other way around. Okay. They say the prophet generation is not meant to listen to a hero generation. Okay, yeah. Um, because it's sort of a reversal yeah. of the ro- the way the roles are supposed to be. 
but <laughs> they predict like the millennials are just going to do whatever the boomers say all the time. And it's like <laughs> yeah. that's a, probably their biggest miss, <laughs> yeah. I think, in their in their um, predictions. Although they do say that that's more applicable in like the crisis moment. So, well, you mentioned that since because of because we're adults now, we'd be the ones fighting for the Great War or whatever. Yeah. Yes, we're no. kind of not because we're, we're like, old. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're too old for the army, but like, I guess more. It's not really literally fighting in the war, but it's like doing the work to doing sustain the, the country while the war happens. Exactly. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. We're the mobilized. We're the the millennial generation, and that includes people that are like five or six years younger yeah. than us. Also, yeah. like we were born. I was born in ninety one. You were born in ninety. So we're right in the middle. Yeah. Of the millennial generation, so that includes people that are like six, ten years younger than us, even mm-hmm. like to two thousand one. Right. Yeah. So that's people that are 20, 21. Yeah. So the core of the fighting group. Fighting and workforce. And workforce yeah. for World War Three is our generation. Yeah. Because it's going to be people between 20 and 40. Yeah. And also all of the, like, people in the field that are commanding troops, most yeah. of them are going to be between 20 and 40. Yeah. Uh, Which, because, like, I mean, even if even if the big event yeah. at the end of this that to put us into the yeah. it doesn't necessarily have to be a war. It doesn't necessarily it doesn't have, have to be, to be a World War Three. It doesn't could have be, to, hopefully it's not World Hopefully War III. it was COVID and hopefully we're hopefully a little ahead COVID. of schedule. Yeah. I hope <laughs> it's I, COVID. Yeah. It's uh, probably gonna be more of a climate thing. It might it, be I mean, definitely possibly. I mean it's right there. Yeah. And it's it, it's, it's started. super scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We would are we would be the ones fighting quote unquote. Yeah. Doing the, the work of fighting for like, to get us doing through the homework this crisis to figure period. out how to fix whatever's going on in the climate and in reality i mean we are like yeah. right now yeah. so, you know people between 20 and 40 I mean, are like you and i aren't no we're, we're contributing heavily are, toward the, uh, the well we're <laughs> contributing at an intellectual level well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to hey we're spreading the word yeah. right now we're spreading the word and the word is good but yeah i mean hopefully it's not a war but yeah. should we talk about the previous crises in the Anglo-American seculum? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, obviously we talked about one, which was... World War Two. World War Two, Which was in 1945, was the end of it. Yeah, 1941 yeah. Uh, marked the beginning of the U.S. involvement in World War Two. That's December 7, 1941, was Pearl Harbor. So that was... And before that, what was uh, 80 to 100 years before that? Can you guess? 1860. And what happened in 1860? Uh, wasn't there like kind of a war between uh, the north part of the country and the south part of the country yeah. involving some kind of uh, civil war? Yeah, there <laughs> there was a pretty significant civil war. And before that, oh, they, you know, I didn't mention this before, but they call this saculum the millennial saculum. That one? Oh, the one we're in right now. Okay, yeah. The one before that, from Reconstruction to World War II, they called the Great Power. Reconstruction saculum. refers to Reconstruction from the Civil War. Yeah, yeah, 1865 is Reconstruction. Okay, and there's some interesting shit about Reconstruction. Also, a little side note. Yeah, that Golden Age. That was the Industrial Revolution. No, wasn't it? Not quite. No, okay. that was later. That was like the 80s. That was the pre-industrial, pre-revolution. Reconstruction era, as it is called, Reconstruction mm. era, was totally a Golden Age for the U.S. and especially for Black people. I mean, number one, yeah. because they were out of slavery, but number two, for that like 10-year period, mm-hmm. racism wasn't really prevalent. There wasn't the sort... I mean, okay. <laughs> I doubt that. Racism was prevalent, yeah. but it wasn't baked into our society the way it is now. Okay. Literally. Yeah. There were more black elected officials in the South in 1870 than there are now. 
as a huh. percentage. Interesting. I'm, I shit you not. Th- yeah. This is, we got to do a whole fucking thing about this. Okay. But like the the way that we know American racism yeah. was born in the 1870s on purpose. Interesting. Because yeah, in the South, when black people were freed and had the vote, black people and poor white people voted together on everything. Yeah. Because poor white people never owned slaves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Only rich white people did. Okay. And they weren't that fucking racist. <laughs> that and sense. then, yeah, dude. And then the rich people that were in power in the South had to divide. Had to divide the working class. Yeah. The black poor people and the white poor people mm-hmm. had to divide them, because all of a sudden, they were getting fucked. Yeah. They were getting fucked. Taxes were all cra- like we got real socialist real quick, and so they started. So there was literally deliberate campaigns. Huh. to start telling poor white people in the South that, like, to be afraid of black people, that they're going to steal your shit, they're going to impregnate your girlfriends, they're going to rape your moms. I'm not fucking kidding you. Huh. And it worked. Yeah. And it's still and it's still prevalent in our society. It's a fucking yeah. tragedy. But for that, like, 10, 15-year period, there were, like, 17% of elected officials in the South were black. And everything was fucking changing until... The rich people fuck oh, us. Interesting. I've yeah. never, never known much about that. Nobody fucking does. It's crazy, yeah. <laughs> dude. <laughs> yeah. It's because it's we're fucking rich people. Before that uh, was the Civil War saculum. So basically, what was the big war before the Civil War? Uh, that would be the war with Canada in the 1820s <laughs> that lasted six days. <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> the six-day no. war, I think it's called. No, so basically know. that saculum, the American Revolution mm-hmm. to the Civil War, like that, Time period was eighty or a hundred years from about ninety years. Yeah, seventeen, you know, seventy three to eighteen sixteen. Yeah, mm-hmm. so about ninety years. That's uh, well, the end of the Revolutionary mm-hmm. War. Yeah, anyway. I mean, yeah, the end of the war would be the beginning of the. Yeah, so there's that, which obviously those are some pretty significant. So what I'm trying to say is, it doesn't have to be a war. Yeah, hopefully it's not a war. Maybe it's climate change. Maybe. Which is almost scarier. <laughs> yeah, because it's a war that you can't... Honestly, we're just... We're, it's a scary one. It's <laughs> yeah. a scary one. It's either going to be like a conflict with China and Russia, or it's just the climate change thing, or yeah. both, or another American Civil War. Maybe we just do it again. Yeah. Maybe we just trade off. But anyway. So what is... Because um, this is... I guess this is... They're talking about the the eighty year cycle in American history. Is is are they observing it in other countries too? Like they do, yeah. So, so the saculum exists. Do they kind of are they independent of each other? They are. Okay. Yeah. So it's yeah. basically it's a society has this its own saculum. Like yeah. um, they even they mention uh, that like the USSR basically was like one little mini saculum. Okay. Like from nineteen fourteen, basically in the overthrow of the Romanovs and the yeah. Russian Revolution. To 1989, the collapse like exactly, of the Soviet Union. Like exactly 80 years, goddamn. Almost, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, basically, they went through all four turnings, yeah. and it resulted in the collapse of the USSR. That's crazy. Yeah. So it, there, and that was the fourth turning. That was the end of the fourth turning for the USSR. But yeah. if you're following like Russian society, right, then that begins a new saculum yeah. for Russia, right? There's sort of a, a golden era in Russia, yeah, or an era of. Um, you know, renewed institutional um, strength, but mm-hmm. it's obviously not the USSR, it's Russia. Yeah. Um, so it's a different institution, but like that would be the beginning of a new Russian strength period. It's basically Putin yeah. <laughs> built this like new <laughs> golden age and is still yeah. holding on to it. So in 80 years, when Putin's gone, yeah, we get to uh, they restart their cycle. Yeah. 
Yeah, in 80 years. Yeah, he'll be <laughs> out of power. He's got another 80 years in But, him. I mean, you could almost look at, um, I mean, I don't follow Russian current events that strongly or, or political, but I know that, like, in the last five, ten years, there's been a lot of protests in Russia. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of pushback from Russian society against Putin and yeah. Russian government. It's basically their awakening period, right? Like, their 60s and 70s has probably okay. begun. Yeah. Um, that part, they're probably in that part, the awakening mm-hmm. part of their saculum. Interesting. Yeah. So what that would mean then is that they're going to like, like our fourth turning crisis is probably in the middle of their saculum, um, which is like, anyway, yeah. maybe good for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that we're not in the same cycle. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's one of the things actually that they say in this book too, is that maybe it's good if we're not all lined up because we can avoid some. Yeah. Revolutionary wars, or you know, some significant world wars. Yeah, because so they do, you know, they expand and contract. Yeah. You know, it's not like things will line up and then not line up. But yeah, uh, I'm wondering if like, I mean, ours must be pretty well synced up with Germany because <laughs> they had a pretty clear, or maybe not crisis around the same time we did in World War Two. Well, just but like because also, there's a war doesn't mean it's. I mean, I mean, it was definitely a huge societal shift after that. There was, yeah. yeah, but it could be. I mean, that could be like, um, like their great climax could have been like World War One. Yeah. And then, right, and then they lost World War One, and mm. there was the start of oh, another golden yeah. era of societal strength, which which okay. led to an awakening, which led to World War Two, and then that collapse maybe led to like the awakening. Okay, yeah. So they could be in that could have been like their seventies thing. Yeah. And then the unraveling, and then the fourth turning, probably starting a little bit before ours, right? Okay. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, it's you know, none of these are super clear defining lines, yeah, exactly. but there are. You can find these, it's pretty, it's really interesting. Like, I really enjoyed reading it and thinking about it, and especially in this conversation right now, thinking about other countries, Yeah. like, and how they're lined up. It's it's pretty cool. I mean. Yeah. Uh, An interesting one to study would probably be Japan, because it's. I was just thinking that. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. To look at that through that lens, through, look at Japanese history, which I'm, I'm not familiar with. Yeah. Through that. Uh, through I, that looking at it through that, that lens, lens would be really cool. It would be really yeah. cool. One of the things they talk about in this book is how differently a war is for a society depending on where it is in the thing. So like the Vietnam War, when you when you as a country or as leader of a country try and wage a war in the awakening mm-hmm. when there's less trust in society and more individual search for meaning, yeah. no one's going to get behind it. Okay. And that's like Vietnam, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Same thing happened with us with World War One. We were mostly isolationist. Yeah. A lot of people didn't want us to get involved in World War One at all. Yeah. We were barely involved. Like we weren't involved that mm-hmm. much, and not a lot of people were behind it. Big difference than World War Two. Yeah. Big difference when there's a big war at the end of your saculum, mm-hmm. and it's I mean it's a fucking crisis moment. Like everyone's got to get on board <laughs> kind yeah. of thing. So are we gonna do a full episode on this, or is this it? I mean, that's that's most of what. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what. I mean, I could probably do a better one later yeah. on. It would be fun to structure one around China, Russia, the U.S. Yeah, or something like that. Yeah, or and just kind of like see how the they line up with other pe- other uh, countries. Yeah, because I bet the European Union, you could almost draw yeah. one up for the whole thing, and like, yeah. uh, there's a lot of really interesting shit. Uh, I mean, there's just so much to unpack with this whole idea. One thing that I would like to look at a little bit more, like the. The basically the uh, coddling of children and mm-hmm. like the then the reaction to that and then the re reaction to that. The whole, I idea. mean, the whole first thing I always th- I thought of whenever you've told me about this 80 year cycle, yeah, like, it's definitely the most obviously the most in depth explanation you've given me. But yeah. uh, what I thought of is like, I don't know, some weird thing I read on the internet just kind of like saying that like 
how generations like how how one generation relates to the one before it usually or it's kind of a general thing but like in good times meaning like societal highs yeah people kind of i guess people who grow up in like a good society mm-hmm. better or when the society society's better or a little bit less competent right and so because <laughs> they they're taken care of yeah and then so basically it means like good times create weak people not weak but weak people less competent people yeah <laughs> i don't know weak is a little bit of a strong yeah, yeah. word for it but <laughs> but like and then those weak people create hard times those hard times create create hard people stronger people and those stronger, stronger people, people create good times, good times and yeah. it's just a cycle yeah it i mean it it's pretty much is that <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it pretty much is that i mean it, there, there's a lot of that's like the bones of it right mm-hmm. like that's the very basic very, bones yeah. of it is like basically the way the next generation is raised has to do with the way the generation before it was raised and vice versa yeah. and then like basically there's kind of a pushback there, there's an overcorrecting going on mm-hmm. one direction and then the other and one direction yeah. and then the other and it's and there's a lot of elements to it like a strong society versus strong individual rights and then a strong society versus strong individual rights yeah. child rearing excess to child running not enough yeah. <laughs> like and then more excess and then not enough and basically we like keep just you know it, there's this pendulum swinging yeah. you know one way or the other for all these different elements and and they present themselves in different ways in each generation mm-hmm. and, and how we react to the crises uh, you know around us yeah yeah i mean it's kind of good that we're in the position we're in right now at the time we're in right now because dramatic change does need to happen Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, be it economically, be it uh, in terms of climate, but like dramatic change does need to happen yeah. right now. Like in the next 10 years, everything has to change. We can't keep doing what we've been doing for the last 80 years. None of us can. We can't. I mean, we can't maintain the society. We're literally destroying the planet. Yeah. And we're impoverishing, you know, it is, it's a everything's fucked. Yeah. <laughs> everything's pretty <laughs> fucked. Yeah. And it like something's got to give. Right. Something's got to give. Yeah. And thankfully we're according to this theory we're poised to make some really really dramatic changes in the next 10 mm-hmm. years and basically start a whole new fucking society from the ashes of the one that we're leaving yeah and, you know at the beginning of the new saculum so yeah there's a lot of hope in that you know it could be it could be good it's going yeah. to be good yeah cool nice well that's been our first episode i think yeah i think so i think that I think that brings us to the end of this yeah. This mini saculum. <laughs> we haven't quite. I mean, mini saculum. Our episode, each episode is an eighty-year yeah uh, cycle. Exactly. You know, but uh, well, our podcast will have an eighty-year or eighty-episode cycle. Ooh. Uh, you know, we're gonna produce yes. uh, twenty good episodes and well, then twenty. It's important mediocre. to remember that this is the spring of our podcast. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, because ours. Yeah, it's a growth. It's a golden era. Yeah. There's a lot of innocence. Innocence. And we don't even know. Yeah, we don't mm-hmm. even know. And mm-hmm. then there'll be the summer <laughs> of our podcast, which is going to be great. Yeah. And then there'll be the fall, which is things start to unravel. That's the unraveling yeah. of our podcast. Exactly. Things will fall apart a little bit. Once, that's once you get through all the all the mind, uh, yeah, mind shredding, mind uh, shredding information that you're going to be going yeah. through. And then there'll be a crisis era for our yeah. podcast. <laughs> I can't wait for that one. <laughs> that's going to be great. And then we'll end it. <laughs> yeah. An idea that I had for the end of every episode. Oh, so one thing we did. One of the first things we did in the in our fuck around period mm-hmm. was that we, you had a list of like idioms. Oh yeah. And, that was great. And we like tor- kind of tore them apart. I don't, I don't remember any examples off the top of my head. Like flesh it out was one and we like kind of pulled it apart. Like what is, Oh, we fleshed it like, out. We like kind of took the literal meaning of the word of the idiom. Yeah. And we kind of like, just kind of kept fucking with it. 
Yeah. And like just kind of just that's kind of what I meant earlier was by like just fi- trying to find meaning where there isn't any. Yeah. Oh, I see. And so what oh, I yeah. did is I got a fortune cookie app on my phone. Oh. And I think we'll just read a fortune at the end of every episode. I'm gonna and we're just gonna fuck out of this. Dissect <laughs> exactly. I love it. Crack that bitch open. If you know, wish to know the mind of a man, listen to his words. Uh, that is way too fitting <laughs> for our first podcast. You're right. <laughs> because you guys are going to know the minds of these two men right yeah. here more than you ever <laughs> fucking wanted And to. the best way to do it is through whatever words we're talking about. Like and subscribe. This is what I'm going to say. <laughs> That's what that... For, like that, you guys don't realize this. This was actually random. That was, was not planned. <laughs> yeah. That was on the Fortune Cookie app. If you want to know the mind of a man, listen to his words. So... That's what we're doing, I guess. That's what you're doing. Yeah, we're we're, we're donating our brains to science <laughs> via exactly. this podcast. You know what I just realized, actually? What's that? The spring was the fuck around period of the podcast. Now we're entering the summer. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, which that means winters. Just the winters closer only. than I thought. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> the twelve week period. Yeah. They're varying lengths. No, <laughs> varying lengths. Yeah, it doesn't apply. If you want to know the mind of a man. Listen to his words. Listen to our words. That's fucking interesting, man. Yeah, that was uncanny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Awesome. So, yeah, that's what I think we should do is just I'll open a fortune cookie, a <laughs> digital fortune it. cookie at the end of every episode. And I'll just, I mean, yeah. just tell you what Some it of means. them might be like yeah. trying to be all prophetic and stuff and we'll yeah. just like, we'll tear them apart if we can if we, and we'll just laugh at them or. Yeah, listen to his words. Yeah. You know, that means actually, that means two things. For me, so far. Yeah. Listen to his words. Actually listen to what the person is saying, you mm-hmm. know? Like, actually listen to someone. People yeah. don't do that. I shouldn't have to say it, mm-hmm. but actually listen. I'm like, sorry, if they're trying I to tell you listening. something. Yeah. If they're trying to tell you something, listen, and you'll actually know what they're thinking. But the other what thing that means is don't just listen to the words he's saying. Like, listen to the words. Listen to the sound of the words. Use the word choices. The to... word choice, the inflection, mm-hmm. the tone of their voice, the tightness in their voice. Then you'll know what they're actually thinking, as opposed yeah. to just what the words mean. And you know what they're capable of, like based on if they're, if they've got an extended vocabulary. Maybe they're they probably got a big dick. Maybe they're <laughs> a huge brain dictionary. Big dictionary. Big dictionary. <laughs> Sorry, that's what I meant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you've listened this long, uh, I hope. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Thank and you for listening. It means a lot to us that you're here listening. Yeah, we don't know exactly what direction we're really going, but this is where we're starting. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have, definitely I would like to have some more casual episodes, maybe even some more intense than this. This one even wasn't even that intense, but. Uh, no. Yeah. Well, it's, we're going to have some, we're just starting out. So we yeah. appreciate you guys uh, being with us at this, at this beginning period as you go through the learning curve with us. Yeah. And um, you're, you're beautiful. <laughs> and you're an animal. <laughs> you're beautiful animals. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just, so. this is, uh, this is good. This yeah. is new. This is good. I'm excited. I'm really <laughs> yeah. excited to be talking to y'all. Yeah, me too. So go ahead and uh, send us send us feedback. We yeah. want to hear what you think. Uh, beautiful Animals Podcast. We, yeah, we Beautiful Animals Gmail. Podcast at Gmail. We have the Gmail account. We haven't checked it yet, but we will. Yeah. We have and the Gmail. We, one day we'll have an we'll Instagram. We've got a website. I'll probably We'll have it. up. Yeah, we got an Instagram we'll set up here pretty soon. We're going to have a logo. So, yeah, send us an email. Um, hit us up. And uh, let us know what you think. Yeah, and we'll we'll talk about other stuff. We'll talk about vodka tampons. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about 
know, anything. It's not all going to be. <laughs> yeah, we'll, talk, we'll just talk about how shitty our jobs are. Yeah. All kinds of stuff. There's a lot, a lot of, uh, a lot of content. Yeah. yeah coming your way. Coming your way. Coming got, at you. We got a lot of good ideas, actually. I'm not going to tell you all of them. Yeah. Spoiler. All right. So, yeah, that wraps it up, I think. I think that wraps I it up. Take yeah. her easy. Take it easy on down the trail. See you on the path out there, my fellow warriors. Warriors, my beautiful fellow animals. witchers, beautiful animals <laughs> out there. Yeah. Causing havoc, killing monsters. Keep it up, dude. Keep it up. We're all doing a great job out here. We just need to stay hydrated. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> juice it. Get out there and juice it. <laughs> Grab life by the melons my and just friends, juice it. Juice it. <laughs> Don't waste a fucking second, dude. Oh. Don't waste a second.